Welcome to The Barrel Banter, a show covering all things Milwaukee Brewers. From trades to signings, player analysis to game recaps, or discussing uniforms, ballpark food, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Peter and David Goh. Welcome, Brewers fans, to The Barrel Banter. We've got a bonus pod for you today. Brewers sending out Colton Wong in exchange for Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro. David, quick one today. Let's just start out right away. What were your initial thoughts? You know, first first immediate thoughts the second you saw that alert that the Brewers sent Wong to the Mariners. It didn't come as a huge surprise because Wong has been in rumors throughout the past couple couple of months even, dating back to I think midseason last year, Bob Nightingale tweeted that the Brewers were open to trading Wong midseason or even in the offseason. They picked up his option and that seemed like maybe a temporary um a temporary sign that they were going to keep him, but then they, of course, end up trading him. Uh, we, we saw various reports, and the Mariners were the ones that came up first and the most often. So I would say it didn't come as a huge surprise. I would like to add that on our Barrel Twitter account, I tweeted a couple weeks ago that the Brewers were going to trade Wong and that we were going to get Winker back, and I was right. I did say Winker and a player to be named later. I was close, but I will still claim that the I called it, which I know earns earns a big award that will go on my mantle of uh, calling the trade from two weeks ago. Yeah, I think that I think nowadays that gets you verified on Twitter. I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah. eight dollars yeah. a month, yes. and then I get the award. Yep, exactly. Okay. No, I, I I did that was that was pretty impressive. Winker and a player to be named later. Winker and Abraham Toro. Toro's a little bit more valuable than a player to be named later, hopefully, but uh, not too far off. So, like you said, wasn't a huge shock. Uh, my initial thoughts, I, I, I saw the trade and I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, we got Jesse Winker. Obviously, we know him from the National League Central. We know that he, he's had a bat um, for the majority of his career, but we also know he didn't have a, a very impressive year last year. So I wasn't thrilled about it initially. And also, I'm I'm also thinking of Winker more as an outfielder. I, I sometimes forget we have a DH option. So I'm like, why are we adding Winker to the outfield when we just got rid of Renfro and we have a bunch of prospects? And then uh, I think I texted you. I think you're the one who's like, uh, we have a DH. I was like, oh, that, that would make sense. So Winker, is it fair to say Winker is likely going to sl- slot into that DH spot more so than outfield? I think so. And I, I also hope so. We saw last year Kutch take a lot of those at-bats. And, of course, Kutch, uh, well, the Brewers are staying in contact with him, according to David Stearns at the beginning of the offseason. But Keston here is the only other real obvious option at DH. And I don't know that the Brewers are ready to commit to Keston Hira full-time as a DH. So I think adding Winker here is, is what makes the most sense um, to have him play DH. He was negative 16 defensive runs saved last year in the outfield. So, I mean, that's that's a that's pretty rough. And especially, you're going to have to play him in right instead of left where where Yelich will be because Yelich isn't going to go play right. And Yelich is not a good defender either. So if you have Yelich and Winker, that's really going to be a big hit to your outfield defense. I think it makes the most sense to have Winker DH, at least primarily. Maybe you can throw him in the outfield to get some days off of Yelich, off of his feet, or or um, Willie Adames or Luis Urias. But in large part, I expect to see him in that DH role. Yeah, and Winker does certainly hit better against right-handed pitchers, so I think we can likely expect him to face righties for the most part in the DH spot. And then, like you said, when we are facing a lefty, then you may see... I don't know, Keston uh, or some other guys, like you said, 
um, getting Yelich off his feet at Ame Sirius. I, I already know where you're going with 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 here starting against lefties. I know he's got mm-hmm. the reverse splits and all that. The Brewers still played him against lefties last year more than righties. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, they they did at least proportionally. It seems like one of those. Uh, the Brewers have more information than I do, so I don't want to jump to conclusions really quick. But the the general consensus in the analytics community is that the platoon split sample sizes need to be pretty big to gather meaningful data from it. So I, I'm wondering if the Brewers are still thinking that the data hasn't said enough about Hira yet in terms of better against righties or lefties. But it seems really clear when you watch him and when you look at his numbers so I wonder if, if they're still thinking that he's not the aberration because they're assuming that, well, most righties hit lefties better. And, of course, that is true. Um, that's, that's really the main thing I can think of as to why they play him against lefties so much. But I, I really hope that that's not the case this upcoming year. And with the acquisition of Winker, that could spell the end of the Keston-Hura era. We could see Hura dealt to a, a, a non-contending team that could give him just some everyday at-bats, probably at the DH spot maybe a Pittsburgh or an Oakland type. He, he seems like an Oakland A's type player. I could see that, that, that kind of fitting in. And it, it could be the end of a, of a of an era for here in the Brewers. Before we talk more on Winker, how he might fit in with the Brewers, even Abraham Toro, um, let's, let's just kind of wrap up Colton Wong, obviously his tenure with the Brewers. Coming off a pretty solid year last year where he was worth about five wins above replacement. We talked about it on our last podcast. Uh, face righties more, uh, or I guess I should say face lefties less last year, which may have helped boost the offense. Inconsistent year, ended very well. Brewers, again, picked up his option. Projected for another solid season, though, two and a half F war projected with a 251, 323, 388 slash line. Um, what are the Brewers losing in Colton Wong, and how do you see the Brewers picking up the loss of Wong in the infield? I think stability is the biggest thing they're losing, and you know what you're going to get out of Wong in large part. I know that the, the defense wasn't quite where it's been at before, but I think we could have reasonably expected to see a bounce back. I think that's the biggest thing they're losing is is the consistent production. And he, he had a, an OPS of up near 800 last year, so or maybe even above 800. So he was pretty good, one of the better hitting second basemen around baseball. I think the maybe the the logical solution would be to just plug in Bryce Turing at second, keep Urias at third, maybe move Urias to second and have some sort of mix between Toro, Turing, and Brasso at third. But I think it's still possible that we see the Brewers bring in a third baseman. It's easier to bring in offense from the third base position than the second base position. And especially with the with the change in the defensive shifts this year, I think we're going to see a little bit of a, a shift back towards the athletic small second baseman. And Colton Wong certainly fits that, but so does so does Luis Urias. I think the Brewers might choose to move Urias to second most or full-time and bring in a third baseman who can hit. Uh, maybe the ideal would be Yandy Diaz, but someone who can hit a little bit better at third base and you can play every day there. Yeah, yeah, definitely consistency, like you said. The Brewers losing that, but Winker does certainly have some upside. You think back to his 2021 campaign, he was an all-star with the Reds, hit over 300. 147 weighted runs created plus almost three fan graphs wins above replacement. I mean, he was a, a valuable hitter, valuable player that year. And then of course, following that up with a rough year in Seattle, 219, 344, 344 slugging, or excuse me, slash line, uh, just barely above average as a hitter. And like you said, uh, below average defender in the outfield. So 
there's certainly the chance that he does bounce back. He does look closer to the 21 campaign. Do you think that 2023 is likely to be somewhere in between those two kind of goalposts of, of 21 probably being best case scenario and last year maybe being worst? I think it's it's likely that, that those two years were his best and his worst of his career because we saw him uh, just rake at, at Great American Ballpark, and he's he's raked at Miller Park too. I think he has the second highest OPS in Miller Park history. So we've seen him be a certified Brewers killer. And how much of that has to do with the Brewers pitching versus the ballpark? I'm not sure, but the American family field is notably friendly on left-handed hitters. We've seen that throughout the years. We've seen guys like Jay Bruce just kill the Brewers. Um, and even they brought in Eric Thames. They brought in Rowdy Telez, and they've seen big upticks in production as left-handed hitters in Milwaukee. I think Jesse Winker could be the next in line for that. I think I, I would say he probably will be closer to the 2021 version of himself than the 2022 version of himself. Um, but it also depends how much they play him against lefties versus righties. He's significantly better against righties. An OPS of almost 900 against righties, but down at about 650 against lefties. So the the pretty big split there could indicate that the Brewers might look for a platoon partner who can play against left-handed pitching with Winker. And that might boost his numbers, at least the ones that are on a rate basis, like like average or OPS. Yeah. And if uh, if the Brewers didn't bring anybody in, I mean, I guess if you think about Adames and Urias, both of those bats play well against lefties. If those are guys plugging into the DH role, Yelich, maybe not quite as much, but you're still going to give Yelich every day at bats regardless. So I think that if the Brewers don't, oh, I mean, at this point of the two options, either a, an option or an upgrade at third base versus a platoon partner at DH and granted the third base piece would be a, a tougher piece to get or you give up more or pay more for. I think going for that third base piece is more important at this point, but I could also see the Brewers getting the smaller platoon piece and uh, rolling the dice, I guess, on the combination of of Urias, Toro, Brasso, uh, and Turang at second and third. But before we get to Toro here, I want to mention an article you pointed out from Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times about how Winker didn't travel with the, the Mariners during the playoffs Seems like didn't necessarily click with the Mariners like we had talked about, which may be part of the reason for the poor production, but seems like just a lot of negativity around him. Um, and there was even, I guess, some reports of that with Hunter Renfro as well. But what are your thoughts about bringing a guy like that to the Brewers? Yeah, we can certainly look at the numbers side and say, yeah, he's he's due to, to regress uh, forward this year. But what about the clubhouse effect? And does that make sense to bring a guy like that to the Brewers? It's hard to know what Winker is really like in the clubhouse without talking to someone who has directly um, interacted with him or or shared time in the clubhouse with him. And it seems like this maybe wasn't the case that he was like this in Seattle, or excuse me, in Cincinnati either. So it's possible that his poor production was impacting that or he never really got acclimated. Um, so it's possible that that he will have a negative impact, but also it is true that I mean, it's human nature that you click with different people. It's possible he just didn't really click with his Seattle teammates. The Mariners have a kind of unique um, reputation around baseball of being one that that prepares really hard and works really hard and has, has turned around their franchise, part of it, but also being a very young team and one that is um, more unique in terms of like they, they kind of they kind of act like a college team almost in the way that they play. 
and the way that they interact with each other. So it's possible that Winker just didn't really fit in that mold. Um, as far as how it affected his performance, of course, we don't really know that. But I, I will say, I mean, I'm, I'm a player in college, and I know when I went out to summer ball earlier this summer, uh, my first start, I was, I was miserable, and like I didn't know anybody, um, and I'm here in this new place, and then it was kind of rainy, and so I was just already like in a bad headspace going in, and then I went and walked like four of the first six hitters that I faced, and uh, I ended up bouncing back in my my next outings. A lot better from that when I was a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more settled. And so it's possible that he just never really clicked in Seattle. Um, and, and that even made an impact on his performance. I've had longer term um, versions of that where, where it's taken a while. And so it's possible that that played a role in his performance as well. Certainly, certainly. So Abraham Toro, a name that may or may not be familiar to Brewers fans, uh, number three prospect of the Astros in 2020 spent 2021 between the Astros and Mariners organization, putting up an, a, an okay year, pretty decent rookie year, more or less about an average third baseman. David, you were mentioning before the podcast that he filled in for Alex Bregman uh, it, while he was injured that year, but basically was, I would say close to an average third baseman um, in his first year. Then 2022 full first full season with the Mariners Looked very, very different. Very rough year, 185, 239, 324 slash line. Pretty much unplayable offensively. And the Brewers turn around and trade for Toro, who they arguably see uh, some upside potentially for him. We've already mentioned him in the mix. He's a first baseman, second baseman, third baseman, likely to see more time at second and third. How do you see Toro fitting into the Brewers, and what are your thoughts on the Brewers acquiring him? It's possible that he doesn't even make the opening day roster. He still has a minor league option remaining, and I think part of that probably depends on whether or not they bring someone in. Um, he has options remaining, two ring does, and, and Brasso does as well, actually. So that's certainly possible. I think we'll see him probably more at third base. Um, Urias is a little bit better at second, although has has pretty extensive experience at both second and third. Two ring is better at second than he is at third, and while Brasso is better at third, um, Brasso is probably the the third most important of that trio realistically looking into 2023. So I think it's more likely we see T Toro at his more natural third base position. Um, as far as how he was as a hitter, it's hard to know what to expect. It, it seems like when he got more consistent playing time in 2021, he was able to get settled. He was almost an average hitter and was a little bit above average defensively at third. But then last year, he never really got everyday playing time. Uh, Eugenio Suarez was acquired by Seattle in that in that same trade with Jesse Winker involved and Toro kind of lost his spot there Adam Frazier struggled at second earlier in the year so they had Toro play some at second but also wasn't his natural position so you never know how that can impact a player trying to learn a new position and play a position that you're uncomfortable at can impact the offense it's certainly possible that 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 played a role also in his his poor offensive season. And he spent some time in AAA. He had a, a 784 OPS. So by no means ripped the cover off the ball, but was still was still solid. And his expected stats in the majors were were better than his actual output. So I think it's reasonable to expect a better year from him. But I think the important thing is to get him consistent at bats. So if he's not going to get every day at bats or or even half of the time um, at bats in the major leagues, I think it makes sense to have him 
in AAA, at least to start the year, get going in AAA, get familiar with the organization, maybe back to playing at third base every day, see what he can do. And if he plays well, then then bring him up. And maybe a complimentary piece who's playing 50% of the time. I don't see him as an everyday guy, especially right now. But he's someone that has some prospect pedigree, was almost a top 100 prospect, was expected to be an everyday regular, and was about an average everyday regular for some time in 2021. So there is some upside definitely in Abraham Toro. He's viewed as a breakout candidate by by many. He's still 25. And it's I think it's more exciting to acquire Toro than it may seem on the surface. Yeah, I agree. I think that it makes a lot of sense to start Toro in AAA, get his confidence back. I mean, he's coming off a year hitting below 200, uh, clearly a rough year. And now you go move to a new team, potentially a new position, whether the Brewers are looking at him at, at more at third or at second. But either way, I think it makes more sense to get his footing in AAA, get his confidence back, and see what he can do for the Brewers. I think there's still some value potentially in him. And I think I think that he is uh, at least an intriguing piece in the deal. Uh, I mean, I guess, David, if you were to take a look at the trade way too early, obviously, we haven't even seen any player step on the field. But when we're talking about a grade for the trade, just looking at it from today without the 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 knowledge of the rest of the, the, the deadline, the winter meetings even, and even the 23 season, I, I guess what are your initial thoughts if you want to throw a grade out on the trade based off of what you've seen so far? I think it's a trade that makes sense for both sides. I would I would probably give it about a B. I was I mean I, I made it clear I was expecting that they'd get Winker and maybe a player to be named later. So I think they slightly out outperformed that expectation, though they did pick up a little bit of Colton Wong's twenty twenty three salary to just even out the money. Um I would say it was it was it was pretty good, but a lot of that hinges on whether or not Winker and Toro bounce back. I think Toro we've seen maybe not as a bounce back candidate, but a breakout candidate. Winker seems like a very obvious bounce back candidate back in the NL Central where he has a good track record, knows the pitching. His batting average on balls in play was very low last year. Milwaukee's much more hitter friendly. Um, his his expected stats were were much better than his actual stats as well, like his hard hit rate. And he's he's got very good walk rates and strikeout rates. So he seems like an obvious bounce back candidate. Toro seems like someone who could break out and has more than just one year of control like Winker and Wong do. Overall, I would give the trade a B um, for the Brewer side. So final question here, as far as the trade goes, Winker, like we said, a pretty big bat against righties. When we look at lineup construction, we talked about the Brewers acquiring a Jose Abreu-esque or you know, a, a pretty sizable bat to stack in the middle of their order. Do you see Winker fitting in that middle of the order for the Brewers? Against righties, yes. I think if you go in with him being the guy against both righties and lefties, that's a, a little bit, I would say a little bit concerning. I would much prefer the Brewers to get a left-hand, a guy that hits left-handed pitching well to complement that. Um, or or maybe they decide to have, I mean, Ruiz and Weimer are both right-handed hitters, uh, kind of realign the defense maybe and get Yelich a day at the DH or something like that. And, and one of them may be in the outfield. Um, but I, I do, I do think that Winker could be that middle of the order guy, but I think more so against right-handed pitching. All right. So moving on here, final topic of the day here, small news, but, uh, I guess, I don't know, notable news, hard to describe exactly what it is. Brewer signing a former Olympian. And, uh, you, you might be wondering why 
uh, two sport Olympian. Two sport Olympian. That's true. Two sport Olympian. Uh, 2014 speed skater also played uh, for Team USA in 2020. What was the other sport again that that Alvarez played? Well, he's a speed skater, and then he he played baseball for Team USA in That's 2020. Right. That's right. So Eddie Alvarez, recently acquired by the Brewers, uh, probably not a, a major league contributor. But interesting to note uh, the the two time Olympian to the Brewers, David. Uh, a brief introduction on the Eddie Alvarez resume. Yeah, he played fifty games over the past three years with the Marlins and Dodgers. He was a baseball player in high school and then went the speed skating route. But after twenty fourteen, he decided that he had enough of speed skating. So I think he went back to junior college and then got either drafted or signed out of there by the White Sox. Bounced around a little bit there. Uh, ended up in Miami, kind of right place, right time with their COVID outbreak in 2020. That's how he got his, his first chance. And then I ended up playing then in in uh, 2021 a little bit with the Marlins also after he, I think Team USA got a, a silver or a bronze medal in, in the 2020, 2020 Olympics in 2021. Um, and was with the Dodgers last year. Probably not a major leaguer unless the Brewers have one or two injuries. We talked about all the guys ahead of him. He's a second baseman. So we, we, we may not see Alvarez in a Brewers uniform at all. Maybe maybe throw an Hernan Irabar in player comp on, on Eddie Alvarez. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Brewers – or not Brewers. Team USA did receive a silver medal in, in that Olympics in baseball, uh, Japan winning, winning the gold that year. But an interesting player to add to an organization. And uh, five foot nine, small – infielder and you know we were talking about not necessarily a prospect a past age 30 already uh, more of a, a depth guy that the brewers are going to add but interesting to note of course brewers adding eddie alvarez very much overlooked by of course the acquisition of, of jesse winker and abraham toro so david before we go here uh i'll put you on the spot here didn't didn't give you any prep for this winter meetings coming up uh obviously and the rest of the offseason so we the brewers have some potential holes to fill. We are obviously already know bullpen. We've talked about the infield, maybe the outfield, maybe where they're just going to see how the prospects lie. DH trading Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. I guess if you, since you already predicted the Jesse Winker signing, let's get, uh, let's get one more prediction out of you um, today. So what, what, what would be your prediction, either position positionally that you think the Brewers will certainly for sure upgrade or if you have a certain target in mind or a certain player to be named later, feel free mm-hmm. to do so. I, I would say the position that I'll, I'll predict is for, for a substantial acquisition, take out the Brewer yep. sign Trevor Gott or whoever. Um, I would say catcher is, is where I'm going to go here. Um, it could be Christian Vasquez. I, I'm going to predict that the Brewers get Danny Jansen, the Appleton native, and Blue Jays catcher, they have a surplus of catching with really three everyday uh, options at, at behind the plate. So I'm going to say that the Brewers are going to trade for Danny Jansen. And it's going to be a package that involves one of their outfielders. So um, it, it definitely won't be Freilich or Chorio, of, co- Chorio, of course. Um, but it could be Mitchell. It could be Weimer. It could be Ruiz in that package. I'm going to guess at least one of them goes. I'm not going to guess the whole package, but... Danny Jansen to the Brewers is, is my prediction for the winter meetings. Um, and I would be happy with that. Yeah. No, I, if we're talking Mitchell, Weimer, or, or Ruiz for Jansen, and 
does Jansen have one or more years? He has, still he has two years of control. I, I would guess it'd be more than just one of those yeah. pieces, but that would be the the headliner. Maybe maybe someone if it was Ruiz, maybe someone that's another Ruiz type um, type yeah. prospect or rookie. Yeah, young guy. Nope, totally agree. I mean, the Brewers have. I, I don't know if you call it depth, but they have plenty of outfield prospects. We all know, like we've talked about many times, Brett Phillips, Corey Ray, uh, that whole era, uh, Lewis Brinson. Um, you know, obviously we know that that, that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate into several everyday starters, but we certainly have the ability to do that. I, I think that would make a lot of sense. And it makes it makes the 2022 team a lot better um, at, to me, a, a nominal cost if we're giving up one of those three guys, as long as, like you said, not free, like or, or Churio, but. There we have it. Danny Jansen to the Brewers. That, that is uh, confirmed from David. We'll have to go back to that if when that does come. But uh, David, any final thoughts here on, on the offseason, on the trade, on the Eddie Alvarez acquisition? Yeah, we always joke about Bob Nightingale being wrong. And, and he is wrong a lot, but he did he did correctly say in the off se- or the in midseason that the Brewers were open to trading Wong and Narvaez. Narvaez, of course, a free agent now and unlikely to return. Um, I did see that the Cardinals are interested in Omar Narvaez, which I, which is interesting. Of course, they're replacing Yadier Molina, but perhaps the biggest, the biggest news out of the Colton Wong trade was Bob Nightingale did say that the Brewers um, are, are not going to trade Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, or Willie Adames this off season. And Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal both seem to indicate that, yes, that is true. The Brewers aren't planning on dealing any of them in the off season. And it seems like learning from what happened with the hater trade last year, they really only would deal one of them mid season. If the brewers really falter and struggle in the first half. So I think, I mean, I don't want to get too, um, too comfortable or too, um, uh, too much of where, like I expect too optimistic, I guess really. But um, it seems like Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff and Willie Adames are staying put. Yeah. And, and, and the, the reality is a midseason trade of the three of them. I, the Brewers could have a, a terrible first half. And really, to me, they're still going to be in contention for the playoffs. I don't see a version of the of this Brewers roster factoring in some acquisitions, uh, minor even, uh, through the rest of the offseason. I don't see a, a version where the Brewers are completely out of playoff contention at the offseason. With the expanded playoffs, there, there's just – you can, as we saw – um, you can be a, a decent team in the regular season and, and make the playoffs. Obviously, we saw the Phillies do that. So I don't see a, a, a scenario where the Brewers would deal one of those three guys. And if they did, that's a different, to me, that's a different level um, of the Josh Hader trade. So I wouldn't expect them to do that after the results of the Hader trade. To me, that would be almost like doubling down on the strategy to to trade a, a star midseason on a contending team. So to me, that is highly, highly unlikely to happen. And so we can, I guess, cross our fingers to get to the season. And to me, that that would be the safe point of which we we know we've got those three core guys. Because those without those three, the Brewers are, to me, not a World mm-hmm. Series contender. Um, they may, may make the playoffs without one, of the, without one of those three, but they're not a World Series contender with without all three of those guys. Yeah. Then again, they, they didn't make the playoffs with all three of those guys last year. So that is true you never too. know. But yep. I did, by the way, I, I went grocery shopping yesterday and I got some apples and they were these massive apples. And so I thought of David Stearns naturally because I got probably, it was probably a good 14 bites of the apple. It's pretty solid. So, pretty yeah, solid for it, those, for the, the, those, uh, those big GMO apples. Uh-huh. 
Of it's course. like a watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would be proud. He would certainly be proud. So, well, again, Brewers, of course, acquiring Jesse Winker, uh, the headliner in the trade. Colton Wong going to the Mariners. Uh, we'll see what the Brewers have. We'll be back uh, with, with more episodes if the Brewers make additional moves. Otherwise, we'll be back on our regular, regularly scheduled episode here in two weeks. Until then, this is Peter and David Go signing off. Go Brewers! listening to the barrel banter we'd appreciate it if you leave a comment or review so we can get the word out about our show to hear more find us on youtube at the barrel or on twitter at the barrel mke we look forward to connecting with you next time